Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Willkommen zum einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. Welcome to episode 125 of Schalke America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. We were brought in by the lovely sounds of David Draymond, uh, the sound of silence. Jack, uh, welcome to the show, my co-host, um, the man who's going to join me in my misery tonight. How are you, my friend? Just straight straight to the memes. Can't even be serious for like two seconds. Uh, sure. I mean, the, the one blessing, I think, of not that there's really any, but the one blessing of this continued run of, of awful form is just that the inevitability of this moment has been there for, for quite a while. So I feel as yeah. though the emotional impact of this is at least slightly softened because we had a long time uh, to prepare for it and, and really know that it, that it was coming as a certainty. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty awful moment, but I think all things considered, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I think I'm with you on the same, on the same front where uh, we knew this was coming for a while. Uh, we even mentioned it what, last podcast. If we lost another game, um, that was likely going to happen or lost two more games. And it did. We lost to, um, uh, I don't remember who we played last, <laughs> but we Fre lost Freiburg. to Freiburg. Yeah. Freiburg. And then we lost to obviously to Armenia. So, uh, yeah, it's inevitable. It's actually, we're officially relegated, which we knew it was coming for a while. Um, but yeah, it, this thing isn't there in terms of that. I mean, it's, it's official now, so we don't have to ponder it about it anymore. Maybe we'll start seeing the youngsters, but, uh, what are your initial thoughts, uh, with all of this, uh, coming down? Well, exactly, exactly what you just said. Uh, we have we have a few games remaining now. Uh, I think what I would like to see, and probably what a lot of Schalke players would like to see, is anybody that we're not a hundred percent convinced is either going to be here next year, or is going to be part of the plans. Uh, should not be getting match time from here on out. Season's over. Um, I think this is an opportunity for Gramasis to try to incorporate as many people as he thinks are going to be um, important next season, and try to start building something going forward. And maybe some people would disagree and say, "Hey, you don't want to bring." those people in and, and, and sour them with, with this. But I mean, at this moment in time, in my opinion, it's a clean slate as of like today, because yeah. we have that weight off our shoulders finally. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, there, there's not a lot that can happen between now and the end of the season that's going to um, be significant. But uh, as always, I just hope that we can um, ha show a good account of ourselves and, 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 you know, do something productive as we head into next year. Uh, unfortunately, Richard, uh, and you know where I'm about to go with this. Um, as I say, you know, a good account of ourselves. Um, we have to talk about this, and it's unfortunate that we have to talk about this, but there was an incident um, after the relegation to Bielefeld where a group of Schalke supporters um, met the team bus as they uh, returned to the stadium, um, and this left the realm of vocalization of frustration and, and, and fan protest and that sort of thing and, and quite literally entered the realm of, of like criminal conduct in terms of assault. Um, you had Schalke supporters that uh, chased Schalke players from what I understand destroyed property like cars and stuff were throwing stuff at them um, and it's absolutely shameful and you would hope that Schalke supporters collectively would have the wherewithal 
to look around and understand the massive hit to our reputation that this club has already endured over the past two seasons or so with with various um, scandals in the hierarchy, with the whole debt situation, and now with this this in, this incredibly awful run of form, um, you would hope that we would find a way to, despite all of that, um, head down with with a shred of dignity or humility intact, um, show a touch of class um, as we exit the Bundesliga, and instead uh, you immediately have this um, as as further bad PR. Um, and so, I mean, on behalf of, I think, and Richard, if you would disagree, let me know, but on behalf of Schalke America, I apologize to the players for um, for that treatment because regardless of um, what your feelings may be about the effort they put on in the pitch, uh, that's a line that you just quite simply can't cross. How dare you, Jack? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I mean, uh, had this been a situation where we're in the mix and, you know, we choke away the last three games of the season and then get relegated, okay, I can see the anger, not what happened, but I can see the anger. We've been known from... Pretty much all season long, we're getting relegated. We've looked like a a, regi- uh, uh, a, a third division, fourth division team, uh, the way we've been playing. So it's been no shock. So I mean, I get the, I get the anger, but not what they did. It was absolutely disgusting. It was uncalled for. Um, uh, Jake's chiming in. He says uh, the videos of the incident were seriously unreal, just shameful. It was. I mean, you can watch people just, people throwing stuff and then running away and. I mean, pelting the bus with whatever. I mean, we, there's mixed reports about what we what, what actually happened, but uh, from what I saw, from what I heard, uh, didn't sound good. It sounded disgusting, honestly, and um, I'm ashamed of what happened. I get it. You're upset. We we're relegated. This is it sucks, but that's not the way to take it out and to do it. Take it out and try to incur harm or injury to people or, or to property. That's not a way to do it. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's uh, unfortunate that it happened. It is because, like you said, so many things actually happened on on 420 that uh, around the world and in, in, in the world and in football. And then this is for us. We get hit twice, right? Relegated, and then and then this happens. Um, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate and it's sad to see because, like you said, we already have a black eye. We've already been playing piss poor this year. We know we're relegated now, officially. Then you throw this on top of it, and it just makes things look worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and think about it from the from the perspective of of an advertisement for your club going forward. I don't I don't care if you're if you're um, furious at this group of players and you want them out of your club. Guess what? They're not going to be a problem very long. They're going to be gone. They're going to leave. And now you have to think about who you're going to be able to attract, and what player is going to want to come to Schalke. I mean, already given the situation and how, how you know how bad of a financial situation this is, the direction of the club, all that's already in place, right? That's already a massive. You know, impediment to, to signing new players. Now you have players looking at this. Is this how we're going to get treated when, when results don't go our way on the pitch? Like, who's going to want to come to Schalke if that's the kind of treatment they get from the fans? I mean, you just you just got to be smarter than that. Um, I, and, and I'm sure people are going to, like, you know, say, you don't understand. You guys are in America. You're not on the ground over there. It doesn't mean as much to you. You don't understand the emotion. Bullshit. I mean, like, even so, you, you don't you don't cross that line. You, you just you just can't do it. Um, and so... Yeah, it's 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 one more black eye for this club that we didn't need, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's sad. It, it made it made an already um, bad situation um, all the more painful. So uh, once again, apologies to the players. And it's not just you know yeah, there's I know you're angry at all the players, especially the ones that are leaving and ones who underperformed massively this year. But then think of the youngsters that are on that bus as well, who are going to be on the team next year. They're going to be frightened now with all that stuff that's going on. You think they want to stay here now? That makes them think twice whether they want to play with the club next year. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, and you put people under that kind of duress, and I mean, it, it's just 
deplorable. And, and yeah, I mean, I don't care how, which way you want to wrap it and say trying to defend it. You shouldn't be defending it at all. Yes, the team should have de- defended better, played better, um, been more accountable to themselves. But this is not the way to do it. Absolutely, I never, you know, I never encourage or condone uh, violence at any, in any in any way, shape, or form. So this is absolutely what that is. And we've seen that. This is not the first. It's not, we're not the only club. We're not the only one who's done this. It's happened around around the world in different situations. Doesn't mean it make it excusable, right? So, um, yeah, it's 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 just unfortunate that this happened and. Uh, I got some uh, Jake chiming in says uh, this incident could also uh, sway some players to leave who were on the fence. Huntelar Kolasinic, and, yeah. and I heard that Huntelar may have been one of the people that was chased. What? Why? If, if that's the case, what are you doing, Huntelar of all people? Are you serious? Like, I mean, it, hopefully, so hopefully that part of it isn't true. Not that it's okay for anybody, but I mean, like, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, I, then people have just completely lost the plot. Yeah. JT's chiming in and says, uh, understand fans' frustration from a lack of passion shown by players on the pitch for several years now. Absolutely. Scaring humans physically, mentally is never okay. 100%. He says, uh, best time to join Schalke is, is now. Hey, listen, <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm not even entirely convinced that the only way is up at this point. I mean, yeah. I, mean I feel like Kaiser Slautin said that Kaiser Slautin said that years ago, and they're so, they're so way down there. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, here's, and we're going to get to this in a minute with, with the guest who's going to be joining us, but um, <laughs> the idea that you know, okay, relegation's over with, and now we head to the Bundesliga. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, win the league and bounce right back up. That is, that is far from from a certainty or even really a likelihood, in my opinion, yeah. uh, at the moment. It's gonna be, it's gonna be quite a difficult campaign. So uh, tough days ahead, still for sure. Yeah, and I was actually chatting with uh, uh, from Brian from the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast, and we were talking about. He's like, yeah, you know, hey, I've been there before. We were relegated. We came right back up. I was like, yeah, and I was like. I'm not so sure we'll come right back up. I mean, we got a lot of things to figure out going into next season. Who's going to play? Uh, you know, going back to your point from earlier, um, I want to see the youngsters play. We already seen a good core of guys who've been playing a lot, but we want to see more of them play. I mean, if they're not going to be around next year, why are you going to play them? And yeah, you want to hold face, but we haven't really hold face at all this year. So why start now? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the guys we always talk about, but it's you know, it's the Malik Chow's, the Timo Beckers, the the Chan Bosduans, the Idens of the world. Um, that we're going to want to see get a consistent run, uh, if at all possible. Um, because, yeah, you, you do expect it to be uh, very much a fire sale uh, in the summer here with a um, significant portion of the, of the people that you're seeing in the starting 11 probably not going to be around next season. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're actually expecting a guest here on the podcast here to talk a little bit more about uh, the game that we just had. But uh, until then, you know, we just want to keep talking about the relegation and what happened after that because I think uh, – it's 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 going to be difficult. I mean, it is difficult. We know we're relegated. Uh, we got to start planning for next year, and I think the first step in that is uh, first stop the violence. But second, it's get the players the pitch time, the, the players that you want to see next year. Like we, the guys who have been playing already. Um, Paul's in the chat saying, "Will Hoppy be with Schalke next year?" We don't know. Um, if he is, great. If he's not, you know, we'll find someone else. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully most of the youngsters stay stick around, and then you know, we I assume majority of the veterans are going to be gone. You may have a couple guys, maybe Fairman, a couple other guys, maybe Kalasinac are going to stay around, but I don't expect that to happen, Jack. I think, like you said, we're going to have a fire sale and sell a bunch of guys at below value because who's going to want a relegation-type player on their team? But they'll take the player for sure, just not at the at the value that they're probably we expect them to sell them at, right? Yeah, I mean, you just got to hope that we can still get close to maximizing what we should be able to get for the likes of, you know, Amin Arit and those kind of guys if they decide to move on. And those are pillars that you would expect would, would probably want to do that. Um, you know, just hopefully the performances haven't tarnished 
um, the value of those players too much in, in the eyes of the wider European footballing consciousness. But, you know, who's, who's to say? Um, we'll have to wait and see on that. But, uh, yeah, at least at least there should be a couple guys that you think we should be able to cash in on. Um, maybe Serdar, maybe Harit. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult to have a read on um, which players even have any motivation to be here. At the moment, as you as you mentioned, there's a couple guys that are on the fence in, in Kolasinic and Huntelaar. We've been getting reports over the past couple of weeks that they're both actually considering staying if they can find a way to work it out uh, with the club. And I mean, yeah, once again, after after the incident um, with the fans outside the stadium, you you have to wonder if if that motivation is still as strong as it was. Yeah, and TJ brings up a good point. He says, uh, "Cut the big wages, put faith in your youth." Right, like that's exactly what we're saying. All the way to save the club finances. Uh, Ame Katuchu, top scorer in, Bund- in Svita Bundesliga. Uh, uh, we're all for that. Free Katuchu, uh, pure restart. Uh, something Kaiserslautern and, and uh, Hamburg never really did. And I agree. I mean, we gotta put faith in the youth because if you want to do, if you do want to move up, you gotta you know have that youth to get that experience. And then when they move up to the Bundesliga, they're ready to go. If you have some veterans who are you know in the 30s or whatever and they don't make it. It's, what, what good does it do, right? So play the youth, get them ready, because Svaita uh, Bundesliga is coming. Can you imagine if we if we still don't find a way to freak Tuchu in the Spite of Bundesliga? Absolutely nuts. shameful. Nuts. I, I go nuts. I saw an article with where he was actually quoted about the Schalke relegation um, and uh, was using the word we in terms of like we're going to – he was like we're going to win the league next season, which, you know, like I said, ambitious, but the fact that he was using the word we – uh, was promising, maybe indicating that he's he's willing to return to the fold and 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 wants to uh, continue if he's given opportunities and hopefully hopefully we see that uh, our opinion on Ahmed Katucci was is well documented. Although to be fair, his, his loan with uh, at the moment is not going super well from what I understand either. I don't think he's doing much. I don't even know if he's starting all the time. So not no. not the best sign. But um, hopefully he's he's learned some things um, and and getting removed from what is a very toxic situation at Schalke hopefully does him some good too. And he can kind of come in refreshed with a different um, inertia perhaps than, than a lot of other guys in the squad at the moment. Sure. Sure. Well, since we're starting to talk Svita Bundesliga, uh, we are no experts by any stretch. Uh, we have a, a, a resident, uh, well, not resident, but we have a friend who is a Svita Bundesliga expert. Uh, she also happens to be an Armenia Bielefeld fan. Uh, let's bring into the chat. Eva Lotobol. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for the invite. It's great to be here. <laughs> yeah, thank you for thank you for joining us. Uh, it's uh, afternoon for evening for you for you. It's a little morning for us, but it's all right. Uh, nothing wrong with this. Uh, how are you, first of all? Well, I'm just coming off a shift at work. Um, it's a bit weird for, with COVID. Uh, you can't really work properly, but otherwise, I'm good. It's very weird weather at the moment in Bielefeld, Germany in general. But otherwise, all good. Thanks. Well, we appreciate you jumping on with us right after work, and uh, congratulations to you on what was uh, not a good day for us, you know, but was was a very important result potentially uh, for Bielefeld going forward. Yeah, I was a bit afraid of that game. Um, I was nervous. Well, I'm nervous before every game, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, because half of Germany or half of my friends, even the ones that aren't really involved in football, were like. Well, you need to win this, and you're gonna win this. <laughs> Please, can we wait after the game is gone? You can get all into all that afterwards. But yeah, I know my club, so I wasn't really sure how it's going to go. <laughs> what I can say is we know our club as well, and if there's one team that you want to see on the fixture list to try to secure results, it's probably us this year. So, 
Right. I mean, that win was massive for you guys because uh, it gave you a nice cushion. You got a four-point cushion between you and, I think, Hertha. Uh, so you're slightly more comfortable, not still a ways to go for you. We are, on the other hand, officially relegated. We were just talking before you came on about the whole relegation situation for us. We've kind of known for a while we've, gonna, we've been relegated. Um, but I think we also, the, it was the after effects about what happened with the fans when they met the, the team afterwards, how that kind of was really disgusting for us. Um, so we talked a little bit about that, but what were, what's your initial thoughts? I mean, it's official now that Schalke are relegated just from an outsider's perspective. What are your thoughts on what you've seen from the club this year? Well, I mean, a lot of chaos, basically, uh, from from the get-go. I mean, um, there was talk that uh, David Wagner shouldn't have started the season in any way from the beginning. Um, and then you didn't really have the feeling that they were finding their way. So with Kamotsis, this was the first time they really thought, okay, well, we're going down anyway, and we need someone who can well implement something into the team who can bring something into the team maybe already work out who might stay for the Twitter Bundesliga season who might fit who wants to fit into that team as well because it's a very different situation obviously and um, well I have to say I was a bit disappointed with their performance on Tuesday because normally you say well at least if you can't do it on the pitch with goals and stuff you're least run and just try to cover some um yeah ground on the pitch and you couldn't really see this like at all um in my opinion um that was kind of harsh to watch also that they kind of conceded the third goal that was quite similar i mean if you compare it to the to Günther goals against freiburg it looked a bit similar from the get-go and the just amount of individual mistakes for a team like Schalke. I mean, I know that from Bielefeld as well. We had that throughout the season, especially defensively. Um, but at some point, you also have the feeling that there isn't a team anymore to to work with. And I thought this was the most disappointing thing, even as a natural, uh, a neutral fan uh, in that situation. So this is this is a really interesting point to me because I feel like for for a decent amount of the season, I've I've tried to hold back from that. What, what is, in my opinion, a very easy fan criticism reaction of being, oh, they're just not trying. They're not putting in the work. Because I think that's that's sometimes kind of lazy analysis. But I find it very interesting that from an outside perspective, especially when it comes to a decisive game like this, the neutrals, I mean, not, I mean, you're not neutral in this situation, but the non-Shalka fans are, are seeing, are actually seeing that and saying they're not recognizing the fight that they would typically expect to be exhibited from a relegation side. Yeah, fully agree. And I mean, it sounds a bit, weird but this is the game you should win i mean this is the game that as a bundesliga side it's the sec it's not even that it's the first game against a promoted side and you can say okay well we didn't really know what was coming away but just from yeah just from the performance i didn't really see a difference to the game in the in the first leg and i thought that was probably the most remarkable thing but in a very negative way and yeah I mean you had that I think to sum that whole game up was probably the Hünteler free kick I mean it was I don't know two minutes until it was actually officiated because first um they wanted to do a quick one but the referee didn't blow the whistle yet mm -hmm. and um 
just the way this free kick goes straight into two or three Bielefeld players. And then I think Kolasinac screams at Hintela and you had the feeling like this, you should support each other now, not scream at each other. It's not working. This can happen to anyone. And yeah, that was probably, and I mean, also that scene after, after the final whistle when Timo Becker, you had, like I was really, really feeling for him. He sat there on yeah. the bench all by himself. And the only one who came up to him was Frank Kramer. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, we had a similar situation here a couple of years ago with Kaiserslautern, where they were relegated here in Bielefeld as well. And they were all on the pitch. Obviously, there were fans there, so they couldn't really leave. But just, you didn't really have the feeling anyone wants to, yeah, wants to get together in any way in that situation yeah we you know it's it's we, we jack and i've been talking about this for a few podcasts now and it seems like typically when a team is fighting relegation they tend to play a little bit better because they're really trying to survive they're playing a little bit better you start to see this a little bit with armenia you see this with um you know mines cologne they've, they've all started playing better because they're fighting relegate they're fighting for survival you don't haven't seen that really from schalke i mean yeah we had that one win against augsburg but other than that, it's really been not much of a fight. If anything, maybe less of a fight. And, you know, before this game against Armenia and, and Freiburg for us, we thought we were starting to see some positivity, right? Some positive results. We got that win. But then against Freiburg, got that kept massively dis- destroyed by them 4 nothing. And then going against you guys, I mean, uh, it was a difficult game for both of us, like you mentioned. And, you know, for a while, it was 0-0. And we weren't sure which way it was going to go. You know, the first goal probably would have won it. Uh, the most likely person seemed like close because he was – everywhere and we couldn't do anything about it and eventually did get that goal but um from your perspective how how difficult of a run is it to end end the season and and what are your are, do you think you can save off relegation very difficult question i think especially with Hertha being in quarantine um they the new dates were kind of released just a couple of hours ago and it's going to be very tough for them because it's a lot of games in in just 12 days and I mean we've seen that last year with Dynamo Dresden um, in in the Zweite Liga as soon as you come into the point where you have to win the games it's actually there's something on the line for you you have to win and all the other teams around you are, are playing and put you under pressure um, I think it, it, that's just like the big question mark that is around the, the Bundesliga. That's why I find it so difficult to predict because um, you have another team in that mix now with Werder Bremen. I mean, they basically didn't win since they won against Bielefeld and they they keep saying, well, we're um, getting better and Florian Kohlfeldt just keeps saying, well, this is working and stuff, but it isn't. So all the fans are kind of pissed. And I do think that especially Mainz and Bielefeld have the upper hand here. Bielefeld, because it's not that much pressure on them as a promoted side, um, but also because, yeah, they play, in my opinion, they're more s- stable in the back. And um, that's actually one thing uh, that was coming to my attention on Tuesday as well. Bielefeld had problems with uh, especially Pona and Piva weren't really the best ones on the pitch and Schalke didn't use that and that was kind of really at some point you knew well we're closer to scoring a second goal <laughs> we were very close to score a second goal than, than the others but um, the interesting thing is 
that we actually play Hata when they're coming off uh, this, this quarantine thing. Interesting. So um, there the, would have been the first dream match for them, but they played like two other clubs before that now. So that's, um, yeah, really the most important game probably for me. Um, but it's it's so difficult to predict. It's only four games left for, for us, but we play Gladbach on the weekend, uh, then Hoffenheim, Hertha and Stuttgart. So, yeah, really, really difficult to predict anything. And, well, I'm not Nostradamus. I don't have a glass ball in front of me. It's very difficult. And you just played us, so your level <laughs> might just get in the drop there. <laughs> And, and mine's inherited with, with with the games in hand, which is going to be a problem. But at least as it pertains to, at a minimum, the uh, the playoff spot, you have a, your inability to control your own destiny and at least lock that up based on uh, this result against Schalke. So happy, happy, happy to assist for that. Uh. We'll ask all like all different sorts of people in Bielefeld. They will definitely tell you, please, no relegation again. We still have a little bit of a trauma since. Uh, since the the Darmstadt uh, playoffs in in 2014, so it's either like black or white in that matter. So we either go down or or stay in the league, but no relegation. <laughs> this is a brief aside that's probably going to derail us, but I, I had an interesting sort of like full circle moment because I, I, I believe a season or two ago we played Armenia in, in the DFB Pokal, and I remember that being a pretty wild game for the most part where there were some goals back and forth. And I remember at that moment watching that game, that was one of the first times where I was like, Oh, as a club, we're in trouble. Like, and that's not supposed to be an insult in Armenia, but like yeah. early in, early in the DFB, I mean, you would expect, especially cause I think we were probably still in the champions league at that point or just, you know, coming off of European competitions. Like we should be able to handle our business a little bit better. When I was watching how easy it was for a team like Armenia to, to play against us at that moment, I was like, this is not, good for the direction of the club and then wouldn't you know it you know we're on the road at our media bielefeld trying to, to save ourselves and, and and we can't we can't get it done and so that was just a weird kind of like you know it culmination of like a couple years of like slowly watching us slide into this and it was um really disappointing uh, i i did have i did have one question for you in terms of for for a club like Schalke in, in, in particular, this is not an excuse because everyone is going through this with with fans not being in the stadiums and everything but especially when you see the sort of violent lashing out from the fans that you did how much i mean this is not an excuse for that but how much of that do you think is attributable attributable to um the, the physical distance that's been between the supporters and the players for most of the, most of the season because generally when you're in this kind of situation the fans are at least in the north curve they're able to express themselves on a weekly basis and communicate more directly with the team than perhaps they've been able to and so i, I feel like there's kind of been this perhaps bottling up of emotions and, and and frustration and that's why you see um some of this pouring out maybe that even contributed to why the team isn't as together on the pitch as you would expect like you said timo becker by himself um you know how, how big of a role do you feel like the fans play in kind of engendering that spirit in the first place oh definitely a huge part um i mean especially with with Schalke, you always had this either everyone is in favor of them or you you have huge problems but the club comes first for them and um you do have the feeling that this how this season went that they i mean you can go down and you can go down like Schalke is going down um and i think this is what really pains them and this is uh, as you've said it doesn't really excuse anything but in like the first step of being angry at the players at the club as at the officials at the coaches i do understand that in a way because you 
you feel a bit helpless. You 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 sit there at home watching that game, not really able, not being able to support your team for 12 months now. And I mean, I think Schalke is one of the, um, I think there was only a few clubs that weren't allowed to have fans, even in this small period of time when fans were allowed to have fans. Um, and a lot of people were saying that, well, luckily for Schalke, but I think it could have helped to have them there just to, yeah, to, to have that support, even if it's negative support in a way, because sometimes teams need that. I, I know that from my club, I know that from a couple of clubs, um, even if it's negative support, sometimes it's it's really helping in a way that, well, it, it does show you what is at stake. And I think that's the biggest problem that um, I think a couple of fans are afraid, but also a couple of players and officials that as soon as we're coming back to to fans at some stage when COVID is sometime over here, which I don't know when it's going to be, but uh, that there will be no fans back in the stadium or the just the, the relationship between club and fans will be so, so bad that it's ir like irreplaceable. You can't work it out anymore. And I think that's why they're afraid of that in the Zweite Liga, the club will cease to exist also because of all the money problems. Yeah, this is going to be, I think, a very important summer in terms of uh, reestablishing a healthy relationship between the supporter base and, and, and the hierarchy of the club for sure. So I think that's a good point. Yeah, it's uh, someone who another person who understands uh, what we're going through, uh, a lifelong Cologne supporter. Uh, Phil Bonnie is in the chat. He says, uh, my deepest sympathy on relegation. It sucks. <laughs> Uh, so thank you, Phil. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult, and you know the way we've we've done this, the way we've got to this point is is really the scary part, I think, for me, because it's you know if you if it's if it I don't know, I just it doesn't feel like there's a quick end. Uh, so some clubs can come, go down and come right back up, but you know more than anybody, you know, being the co-host of the Fight the Bundesliga podcast, that there's a lot of good clubs down there. I mean, arguably, if Hertha goes down, there's arguably four big clubs, maybe five. That's not easy to come back from. I mean, how talk about the Super League, am I right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the real Super League. So, like, what is what does Shaka have to look forward to in this fight to Bundesliga with the clubs that are currently there? Well, first of all, that it's going to be very tough um, because teams like okay, Sandhausen is is a club you can't really be sure that they will stay yeah. in the league. But yeah. if you look at the moment, which clubs are coming up from the Dritte Liga as well, like Rostock, like Dresden, potentially 80-60 as well. I mean, those are all clubs that, like a traditional clubs, as we say in Germany, and um, they will never back down. Like they will always take this fight against Schalke because they know they're always the smaller team. And this is like... You, this is why HSV, for example, was struggling so much against clubs like the Regensburg and Sandhausen yeah. because th they know they can't lose in this game. Even if they or being defeated <laughs> by HSV, they say, well, you're the bigger club. You have like tons of more money than we do. Um, right. So this is the first step. You have to know no matter where in at what place you are in the table you will always be the team that the others expect to win um and i think that's the first step and then of course it's not that easy i mean you see it with hanover especially hsv um i mean even stuttgart was struggling from time to time last season um if even if you look down at kaiserslautern 80 1860 
you have to find a good balance and that's what I'm kind of afraid of at Tiger because if I hear talk of um, them wanting Kolasinac to stay, I think it's not the right move um, because he will cost tons of money and you don't have that in Sweden. If you don't get up immediately, it will cost you tons of money mm. and um, yeah, they, they need to build up a new team, but the struggle is really that uh, the youth teams can't play at the moment. So it's going to be even harder for them than, than usual. But um, yeah, for them, it's probably better if a team like Bielefeld or, or potentially even Bremen mines go down because they're not as, as big. They don't have the same amount of money behind them. So they wouldn't, like they would be not like two big sharks coming down, but big shark and maybe slightly bigger fish. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's very difficult to say. There is not that perfect plan to get through the Zweite You see that with Bochum this year, with Armenia last year. Uh, even Köln was struggling two, two years ago. So there is not that master plan to get promoted. I think... This is one thing that Richard and I have been kind of having a dialogue with our with our viewers for for most of the season. Is there's this sense among some Schalke supporters that, um, oh yeah, you know we'll just we'll just go down to the Spider Bundesliga, we'll rebuild, you know we'll win the league, we'll pop back up, and then we'll be in great financial shape and we'll be good to go. Can, can you, for those people that are, and I, I hope most people have kind of backed off of that, but for those supporters that are still kind of in that frame of mind, can you educate our our viewers on on how difficult of a league this is and kind of what the fortunes of some of these bigger clubs who have dropped down recently have been and how difficult it has been for them to get back up. Yeah, so the Zweite Bundesliga is not potentially a league where you can say, well, I'm just going to try all kinds of stuff um, and maybe we we have a really good season. I mean, um, only because it's the second best league uh, in Germany, it doesn't mean there are only... Like all of the teams can't play football. That's not it. I mean, this. I mean, the the gap between Bundesliga and Zweite Liga is huge. Don't get me wrong, but this is the gap between Bundesliga and Schalke this season is pretty huge. (laughs) (laughs) You said that. I didn't do that. Um, But you you really see. I mean, as far as perfectly, uh, probably the the perfect example for that because they came down and uh, they just got a bunch of people who played Bundesliga at some stage. And, um, well, I mean, now they, they have a good mixture between really good individual players, but also players that just um, not really pretty to play against. Um, I mean, they're still start struggling, but that's a different point. But you can see that you can even have a really, really good squad, which um, has, well, has with Kittel, with... Yatta with Tirada, obviously, but I, yeah. you kind of had the feeling, okay, we, this is our third attempt. We're just going to get uh, Tirada on the pitch and he's going to be like single-handedly pull us up into the Bundesliga again. This is not like, that's why it's really important to have a team that works. This is what you see at Bochum. This is what you saw at Arminia last year. You don't need the best players at, at your team. You just need to act like a team. You need not mm-hmm. to lose games. Um, you don't need to win every game, but just the most important thing is that you don't lose. Um, so <laughs> the thing is, if you don't look out, and I mean, Nuremberg has struggled for that as well. I mean, they're 
once again closer to the relegation playoff spot than they are to the promotion uh, playoff spot. And yeah. I think that's that's not because they, I don't know, they're just unlucky, but because they still haven't really seen what it is important about this Twitter Bundesliga. It's not, you can't really have a blueprint to this. Right. And I think that's... Um, yeah, that's the first thing you need to look out that you have a team that just loves to play together and then it won't be promotion right away. But if you're like, I mean, it can be really expensive, but I thought like for Schalke, it would be probably good to stay in the league for two or three years just to actually get the fans back at in the joy of playing football. But it yeah. won't work from like just in, in a couple of days or a couple of months. This needs time. Yeah. I agree about that. And I think we've seen with, with clubs like Hamburg where they went down there and they tried to change the system completely and play with, like I think, uh, Polarbeck or whoever the goalie was and try to play him as a defender as well and try to really change things up, thinking it would be easy to come right back up. And they've been down there for three seasons at least. So it's not easy. Like you said, I think we're going to have to find out a way to um, stop from being a yo-yo team to shock a fan UK's point there, uh, but also to build something actually and that can sustain itself in the Bundesliga. Because like you said, if you just go up and keep going back down, nobody wants that. And you're just going to be hurting for money there at that point. So it's not easy. And we've been telling people for all season long because we've known this has happened that the Bundesliga is difficult. Be ready for it. And people haven't yet. So hopefully they get the point with this. Yeah, seriously. And, and I mean, and, and the thing is, as well is it's to, to another point that was brought up earlier is um, – I don't think anyone's going to be intimidated by Schalke, but you're still going to get most clubs' best effort, you know, every time yeah. that you play them because it's such a novelty to have us there, just because everyone's going to be motivated to. And, and like you said, the pressure's all on our side on that, you know, equation because we're the bigger club, even if if the squad isn't isn't there and and, and the product on the on the pitch isn't there. So uh, it's 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 a weird situation because we we've seen things from the club that that state from a financial perspective that. We can survive one season in the fight of Bundesliga, but beyond that, the waters kind of get murky. And so what I'm concerned about is that kind of financial pressure is going to cause us maybe to like, you know, re-sign somebody like Kolasinic for, for more money than we should and try to like throw everything at getting promoted immediately. And if that fails and we've spent more money than we should have in that initial season, that could even potentially be more disastrous than than trying to find a way to plan for a couple of years in the fight of Bundesliga is going to read this, rebuild this thing back up with a more um you know uh responsible financial picture if to whatever extent that's possible yeah and i mean really see that at hanover at the moment i mean they especially with someone like martin kind behind them he keeps saying well we can still be promoted i mean you can see it at Düsseldorf as well uberus i was talking about um there's still a possibility of us being promoted like a couple of weeks ago um after they just draw um Drew against Sandhals and like Asa Fortuna Düsseldorf being relegated from the Bundesliga. Those are the games you should win. You, like if the the opponent doesn't offer much, this is what you should win. And I think that's like your point there was was very correct. To you don't you shouldn't put all the pressure on the team immediately. I mean, you don't really even have a team yet that is going to play. It's, it's very true. Yeah. It's very true. <laughs> I mean, it is like that. I mean, I know that, of course, Matthew keeps saying that he wants uh, Genki Haraguchi to play for Schalke. But I was, my point is like, yeah, but he, 
isn't single-handedly going to play at the exactly. club. He can't play all ten positions on the pitch. Exactly. And um, only Weston McKinney can do that. Only Weston McKinney. Can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's really the the first point. You you need to have a team that is like willing to play for you for at least two years in the Zweite Bundesliga because you always have that this is your first target you i mean of course in like in inside the club it's very obvious that they say okay we need to get it back up again immediately but after this season it would be not really clever to say well we're going to be promoted right away uh, don't mind how it's foul and don't mind like all the other clubs are going uh, that went down didn't come up immediately again yeah. we're going to be different and i think that's really, really dangerous. Sorry, go ahead, Richard. I was going to say, it seems like Peter Canabo's one's already saying that hey, we're going right back up next year and he's already making these lofty goals for us and like, you're just sending us up for failure, you know, because if we don't reach that, I mean, the morale goes even lower than it already is, so. Yeah, I feel like we're at a point right now where, where Schalke fans don't need that sort of carrot. Like, oh, don't worry, we'll, we'll be right back up. Like, we, we don't need those false promises to keep us engaged. I, I think we understand the reality of, of where we are, um, and we just need to try to do everything possible to, to dig ourselves out of, of the, the instability and, and try to find a firm footing going forward. And I think if we do that, most Schalke supporters are going to be okay with that being, you know – a several year long process in terms of how long that's going to take um, fr from the perspective of somebody who is much more deeply immersed in the spite of Bundesliga as we are and, and kind of, you know, like is, is there more hype for the upcoming season because Schalke is going to be involved? I mean, like, is, is there more excitement because of how many large clubs are down there or, or is that not really how it's viewed at all? Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, there's this joke that every year it's called the the best Zweite Liga of the world, <laughs> like every <laughs> every year. But I mean, really, if you look at the teams that are potentially promoted um, to the Zweite Liga, who teams are, are potentially being relegated, and not to be in any kind of mean <laughs> to to Würzburg or potentially Zandhausen, uh, but their own unput really the first teams that come in mind when you think about <laughs> really, I don't know, um, traditional football clubs in Germany. and uh, But really like Rostock, Dresden, 1860. I mean, not sure about Ingolstadt, but um, those are teams you really want to see back up in higher leagues. And then, for example, if you still have St. Pauli and HSV, um, at the moment, I would say St. Pauli is closer to the Bundesliga than HSV is just from the, yeah, <laughs> from how they're playing. Um, I mean, I'm hyped, I, even if we not like, I don't really at all, all costs want to be in that league. But um, you have potential derbies that can really spark the flames. And I mean, you, you have games like St. Pauli, Rostock that I think some police forces in Germany might hope that there won't won't be fans in the stadiums yet. I mean, there could be some content on social media. Next <laughs> week yeah, no kidding. No kidding. But yeah, it's it's going and well I mean the clubs that are coming up they they have potential, definitely the clubs that are coming down so and because it's always that close. I mean, we in the in the Bundesliga, you have the fight who is going to go up until right. the very last match day. I mean, not all of the teams, but probably at least um, 
places two and three are always in the mix wow. as well as the last three. So yeah, if teams like Schalke, I don't know who else is going down, obviously, let's take, for example, Hertha Bremen, let's say has four stays in the league. You have more derbies in, in the Zweite Bundesliga than you have in the Bundesliga. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I mean, two match days away at Hamburg with St. Pauli and, 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 Hamburg, and Hamburg, potentially they don't get promoted. Uh, you got that. You got all, I, mean, I know a lot of people are going to be excited. I'm excited just to see new teams. And I'm not, I'm not excited to be down there, but I'm excited about the new clubs that you get to see that you don't often see. So um, talking from one Super League to another, uh, what are your thoughts on all this has gone on in the last this week, this last four days with, with the Super League talk? <laughs> yeah, so... Um... I wanted to go to bed on Sunday night, and then I got this uh, yeah, yes, push notification. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, am I already asleep? <laughs> it's some kind of nightmare. And you could already see, like, my first thought was kind of, you can immediately see that this Super League is not targeted at European fans. It's the Asian market and probably even the American market, but not mm-hmm. not the European because they were kind of thinking, well, our fans can wake up to this in the morning. And just, I think they really underestimated how pissed fans would be, basically. Um, and I think that says a lot about how much football has just distanced itself from its base. And that's very worrying. But at the same time, I was just very happy. There was like a, a small evil on my shoulder, it, like, like a devil on my shoulder that was saying like, yes, the fans, the fans are bringing back football. And I think you could really see that. And it, it gave hope to all things in the future, potentially the UCL reform, because this is not going away. And this is even, this is kind of the UEFA way of a Super League. And that's what still what I still have in mind. I mean, my club isn't coming to the Super League in, in any <laughs> time soon, so I don't have to think about that too much. But yeah, I mean, I was wasn't surprised of the teams that were in this mix because come on, I mean, we all know English football kinda how it has developed. But you could really see how important like the fifty plus one rule is to fans as well, even if it's not implemented anymore in in your minds, it's still very important. And the football belongs to the people. I mean, without the people, it wouldn't be. And the officials are always happy to show, I don't know, Liverpool fans cheering, but they actually don't care whether they're there or not. And I think that's just very sad and it makes me angry. I'm happy that it didn't work out, but at the same time, I'm just very angry that you have the reform instead, which wasn't talked about enough. Um, and I mean, a lot of other things you, you still have. I mean, that the UEFA said afterwards, I mean, this is going against all solidarity. This is not for the fans. And like, honestly, you have a European Cup this year in eight different countries. You're pushing countries out that aren't allowing fans in their stadiums during a global pandemic that is still going on in Europe. So I don't know, don't do that. So yeah, still angry. I loved a bit on Tuesday. I did love a lot actually, but at the same time, it's just, 
my my football soul is still a bit bleeding. When you talk about who the Super League what were what sort of fan the Super League was targeting, this is the part of it that I have such a difficult time wrapping my head around. And I guess I just need to kind of divorce myself from the notion that I am the stereotypical North American fan that these clubs are targeting. But um you know, we talk about like you know, the, the structure of the Super League is, is targeted towards, you know, an American sort of sporting mindset with with the closed system and that sort of thing. And the thing is, like, I was attracted to the game, at, you know, the way it is. Like, I, you know, I, I found, you know, the beauty and the intrigue in the European game because it isn't American yes. sports, because it's different. And, 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 you know, soccer is exploding in the United States right now in popularity when you look at, you know, all the different leagues that we have access to through various streaming services, anything like Americans are spoiled for choice right now in terms of the amount of football that we can watch. And so I find it interesting that, uh, you know, th- these massive clubs feel like they need to, to, to pander or, or contort themselves into kind of a shape that's um, so unnatural to the European game to appeal to. I mean, it's, I know it's not just the American market, but it, it already seems like they're being successful without that. And so yeah, that, that really helps kind of drive home the point about like how much of this is just pure, pure greed or whatever. Cause aren't, you know, aren't they doing well enough with that outreach and, and growing their, their fan bases? I mean, we're, we're literally sitting here right now and you're talking to, you know, two Americans who are supporting Schalke from half a world away. I mean, like, I know that we're just one data point, but that, that's the part of it. That's difficult for me. I just, I don't understand why that's necessary in order to get where they're trying to go. Yeah. And um, if you add to that point with, um, I think it was Paris who said uh, that it, he wants that for, for like the, um, younger people because they 16 don't have to 24 year olds yeah, because yeah, yeah. the because they don't have the same amount of attention anymore and he he said something about like um gaming that is should be similar to gaming some really yeah. weird statement there like fifa and call of duty and i was like even comparing those two it's like okay why and how do you do fellow kids like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like paul rudd <laughs> <laughs> and i mean I don't know if you don't want to watch 90 minutes of football then look for another sport. I don't know. Yes. I mean, it makes too much sense. Um, I mean, of course, there is a reason, for example, why. I mean, another sport that's kind of big in Germany is handball. Um, this is 60 minutes and uh, there's a reason why, because a lot of happening, there's a lot of things happening. But if football games are only like 60 minutes long now, I don't think there will happen. There will be more happening in those sixty minutes because, I mean, yeah. you you would imagine that the teams need to just make that change as well. So for the first at least I don't know ten to fifty games, I would expect really weird kind of football and not really attractive football yeah. because the teams aren't used to just play thirty minutes less. I mean, this is normally something you have in. If you're, you're away on your training camps, whatever, wherever, this is what you can see that they play just 60 minutes against teams just to change through the um, formation to figure something out. But I don't want to watch 60 games of football. I mean, it's 90 minutes of pain. That's okay. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know how it is in, in the US, but 90 minutes is like what a lecture here is like. Um a school this, school lesson as well. So I don't know. This, this is another point that, that also makes no sense to me because if you compare uh, the amount of time it takes to sit down and watch you know, a, a soccer game as compared to an American football match, 
or almost any other sport, the time commitment is significantly less yeah. for, for, for European football. I mean, because it's really, you're sitting down and it's an hour and 45 minutes. It's two 45-minute halves. There's no commercial breaks. If you're watching American football, there's a timeout in, in a Doritos commercial every two minutes. I mean, you're sitting there for like three, three and a half hours watching, you know, watching an American football game. I mean, you, you have 45 minutes of uninterrupted to play, a quick 15-minute halftime, and another 45 minutes. So, like, the idea that, like, oh, soccer's too long, it's shorter than, like, everything else that exists in the American. Like, it's like, what are we talking about? What are we doing? You can just make TikTok videos all day long. How about that? That's quick. That's nice and quick, right? <laughs> um... You know, and the last thing I want to touch about is that people are making PSG and and Dortmund and and Bayern as these saints because they didn't join it. It It's like they would have eventually joined. And people are forgetting that, too. Schalke were in the mix of this before they became crap. Uh, We were in the mix a few years ago with these Super Leagues because we're one of the three biggest clubs in in Germany. So people are forgetting about that stuff. It's like, come on, like. They, they they were smart because they saw the future and it wasn't the right thing to do but and get believe me if it, another opportunity arises they will jump at the chance uh so let's not make them saints just yet <laughs> yeah and because i mean a lot of people were celebrating carlin's winning afterwards and um i don't know if if it reached beyond germany but there's this book called football leagues uh where it's actually the first time that um there is a talk of a of a European Super League, and their Bayern was very willingly to join. I mean, especially Karl Tsumini isn't really the one who should be going forward with that. Especially when yeah. he he put out that statement saying why they wouldn't want to join and saying, "Well, we're thankful for the Champions League. We have a lot of good memories." And then the memory he picked out was we still have very fond memories of the final in Lisbon in 2020. I was like, of all the Champions League finals you played, (laughs) you picked out the one where there were no fans in the stadium. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Oh, that's guy. Do you you want to take the game in Qatar instead? So (laughs) same level, same level, people. And yeah, people were really quick to to celebrate Dortmund and Bayern and in Germany the people were kind of skeptical because we're a bit closer and I mean Hans-Joachim Watzke said after uh, I mean there is this uh, poster at sorry Dortmund (laughs) uh, which says uh, UCL um, stop UCL reforms and she basically said, um, I'm, I do not think they're talking about uh, the reforms that are going on and everyone, even if they, like every neutral fan, but also every other fan was like, yeah, that's like they put a statement up on their page. This is what they're talking about. What do you think stands UCL reform for? <laughs> so, yeah, um, wouldn't, as you've mentioned, especially PSG and uh, Bayern with all their involvement in Qatar, wouldn't hang them too high <laughs> and yeah um we still have the reforms i'm very disappointed at, at, at the german officials there for for not really going against that and as mentioned before this should be a target now as well mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it's going to be interesting how that unfolds here with that with shock all the stuff is going to unfold here but uh Let's uh, wrap this podcast up. Um, 
where can I, I mean, we know where you we can find you, but where can where can our listeners find you? Because we, in fact, everyone should follow her and her podcast because you're going to need a lot of it next year. So uh, please, <laughs> the floor is yours. Plug away, whatever you want to plug here. Uh, so yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter on uh, at Eva and then... I think I, I don't even know my Twitter handle. This is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's Paul. We'll, we'll, we'll copy here. On, yeah. on the, on the and so, of course, follow us on the Zweite Bundesliga podcast. Um, I think it's linked in my bio as well. And, of course, follow Matthew Karagic as well. He's a fellow Shark fan. So yes. if you don't do all that already, do it. Uh, he also has uh, another podcast now, which is that has nothing to do with uh, Zweite Bundesliga or Schalke or German football at all. Uh, it's called One on One with Matthew Kerrigan. He just uh, okay. released an episode yeah. with Will Buxton. I'm so sorry. I'm F1, yeah, Formula yeah. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah right. Will Buxton. and I are big Will Buxton. Buxton fans. So yeah, go yeah. and check that out. And say, I don't have any other podcasts. I'm just... <laughs> it's enough time consuming as it is for now. Yes, um, is. So yeah, make sure to listen to our podcast um, if you want you can already get into it now if, if you want. I don't know if you want to listen to Matt and I um, rambling about all clubs. We only have like six games to talk about at the moment because of COVID. So okay. fun. <laughs> it's a very short episode <laughs> at the moment. But anyway, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course, this was uh, really fun. I hope I could help a bit. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't be that optimistic. It's not what Australian people do. We're not optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you for uh, joining us. We've actually had Matt on before as well. So, yeah, I'm sure we've been working with you and Matt a lot more in the coming year. Hopefully not more, but, you know, you never know. You never know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? Yeah, well, th thank you very much for joining us, especially, you know, hopping on right after, right after you got off work. You're putting in a busy day for us today. We yes. appreciate it. Double shift. And, uh, and, and, and no worries for, for forgetting your, your Twitter handle because Rich and I have both messed them up repeatedly and ours are on the screen often <laughs> as we do it. So let's see yeah. if I can do that right now. You can find me on social media at JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me at r underscore k h a r m a n. Uh, stay tuned as we try to bring you the latest with the Royal Blues, uh, week in week out or day in day out as it seems lately. Uh, but until the next podcast comes, uh, we'll be with you and see you then. Show.